As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eat and pray like pazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bow and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bow and Zach are here to Squawk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some. Are you trying to seduce me, Mr. Roseman? We that should be a drop for you. We should take away the whatever the dirt of the earth drop and let's turn the camera. You got it, Zach. Yes. Yeah. Let's turn the camera on to the Athletics Red Star reporter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Thursday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Marissa Dunn, and the returning Zach Berman here. We've got a, uh, a big show planned for you today. We're going to do a little flock trial. We're going to do a little haters versus hype man on four parts of the Eagles. Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, Cam Jurgens, and the Eagles coaching staff. We will get uh, the rundown of what's been going on at the Novacare Complex over the past couple of weeks. What is to come over the next couple of weeks? We'll get Zach's thoughts on his absence, uh, what he thought of last week's episode. But Marissa, first of all, how are you? I'm very happy. I'm happy we have Zach back. Um, you know, I only have a few more weeks before I go on maternity leave. So um, I'm excited for this pod and, and to hang out with you guys for a little bit. So and can yeah. we can we share the good guys? news? Right. Oh, yeah. My sister had her baby last night. Uh, um, Marissa. Yes, I'm officially an aunt. Um, Congratulations. Gonna go down there tonight. She actually had the baby um, in Philly at Temple. Um, mm. So instead, the nurses and everyone was wonderful there. So if we have anyone listening that works there, um, thank you for all you do. Um, so yeah, very excited. And it's gonna definitely like make me like, I mean, I'm already excited for our baby, but um, you know, once I get to hold her, it will make it all more real. So can't wait. Yeah. Zach, how are you? I'm doing great. Excited for this pod. I missed you guys. Right during the season, we see each other so much on the yes. screen. And uh, but during the off season, the one week, uh, the the one week cadence for the pod, 
becomes such a thing that I look forward to it. And I, I miss. Oh, for once. Not, <laughs> I, How rare I missed, of you to actually look forward to an episode I, of the show. I, I missed not having uh, you guys uh, or speaking to you guys last week, but I did listen to the pod. It was a long one. So it took me like three sittings to finish, but it was a good, it was, it was a good pod. Marissa was awesome. Bo was awesome. I thought Michael was terrific handling a, a delicate situation there. Um, but I have, I'm happy to be back on. And uh, we have like two more weeks to talk about football before the long summer break. So eager to talk about football here. Well, Zach, why don't you tell us what is the, what is the schedule here for the Eagles ahead of the, the long summer break? The schedule is shorter and more condensed than any other team in the league. Okay, the Eagles only have six, well, six practices essentially, OTAs, and they really—it's—it's it's really uh, they don't have mandatory minicamp. They're not going full out. Typically, teams have ten OTAs. They have three days of mandatory minicamp. So uh, the Eagles are, and the Bengals are the only teams I believe that don't have mandatory minicamp, and the Eagles have fewer OTAs. They did this last year. It's in the name of of, you know, uh, preserving God. the players and, uh, the, the, I was going to say health and safety. I don't know if it's a safety thing. It's more a health, health thing based on what they understand. And it worked for them last year and coming off of a longer season. I think it's, it's certainly welcome by the players, uh, from our perspective, not by you. It, yeah. <laughs> no, cause it gives us, I was about to say from our perspective, it gives us less exposure to them. Fewer. Well, speaking to them, no, you can't have fewer exposure. It's less exposure, right? <laughs> uh, less exposure, fewer practices, less exposure uh, to watch them, to speak with them. That said, the other part of my brain says, uh, well, once, you know, late July picks up, we'll be there every day, just about. So eager for that. But that's what their schedule is. Their first OTA is, is next week, Tuesday. So we the day after Memorial Day. Uh, that is the 30th and it's basically two weeks and then school's out for the summer. Beautiful. Just in time for, uh, Marissa's maternity leave. Yeah. All right. Uh, Zach, let's, uh, I don't know if we need to go full stone cold, uh, newsman yeah. here. Uh, but, uh, we have had a chance to talk to a few players and coaches over the past couple of weeks. Uh, neither you nor I were there last week, but, uh, yesterday we talked to, Nicobe Dean, your boy, Josh Sweat, Jordan Mailata, who one other person who was the first person? Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. Yeah. Um, and last week there was a, another cast of characters. What did you what did you learn? What what can we impart on our listeners so that they don't have to go through and watch those press conferences? Well, I think based let's start with with Nicobe Dean, because he's a big name this summer or this spring, rather. The fact that he was up there. Right, I, I think is also suggestive of his standing here. They have no problem pumping him up. Um, Howie Roseman has said publicly the second-year guys are going to play. You can tell by the Eagles' actions. They did not sign or draft over him. Nicobe Dean is the top linebacker right now, and Nicobe Dean said he was ready last year. Uh, he had to wait his turn. But we'll, we'll get to Nicobe in. We'll get to Nicobe. Here. Um, but he's, he's a prominent name. On this, he's a prominent name on this team. Like he's going to be, he's an important player on this team. Uh, Devontae Smith, the day before, or there were, or this this week, he was on. I think it was the I Am Athlete podcast. Is that right? Where he said 
he's a top 10 receiver, which isn't a controversial take, but he's, he's, he's always felt that way. Uh, Jordan Mailata was the best man in Landon Dickerson's wedding and Jordan Mailata himself getting right after giving the speech. Yeah. Getting married in a year and a half. Oh, I'm sorry. Not in a year in a month and a half or there about or, or less than that in about a month and a week, I believe. Um, and he was talking about his relationship with Dickerson. He was talking about how Jeff Stalin is always coaching him. He was talking about how, when he came here, he was looking at the vets in the room, uh, and now um, guys are looking at him, right? You're you're kind of passing it down. It's like, uh, you know, it's it's like when Bo, when 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 young writers meet Bo and they want to find out the, the tricks of the trade. If to be you, fair, he that's not what he said. He said the room still looks to Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. He doesn't feel like he is one of those people, but but, but he is. He acknowledged that he is. You know, yeah, he, he he would not tell which left tackles are looking at him. All he has he to could do tell that you were digging. He called you out directly. <laughs> All he has to do is say Johnson because that kind of covers like half of the uh, half of the room. Um, you really didn't sell that one, huh? <laughs> Roderick and Fred uh, and Lane and La well Lane, yeah, Lane's not looking at Jordan though. Um, it was interesting. I was uh, I was taking a walk this morning listening to uh, Chris Long and Jason Kelsey. They're talking about like underappreciated Eagles. And uh, Chris Long said Nelson Aguilar like didn't get the credit that he deserved, mm. and and Kelsey said Lane, mm. and and Chris Long is like really people are you know fans are on Lane, and Kelsey's point is is no Lane should just be talked about like one of the greats, mm. and uh, so I I, th I thought I thought that was interesting. Kelsey spoke last week when neither one of us um, were present, unfortunately, but. I did, I did check those out. It was the day when uh, when he was named PFWA good guy. You ripped on me on the podcast for retweeting that. I I felt an obligation considering that uh, that I was quoted in there. So I thought I, I should put it out there, right? Um, flex. Yeah. I was going to say it, actually. <laughs> That's a flex? I, no, I, I just felt It's a like huge flex. <laughs> it's a good flex, Zach. Okay. All right. Uh, I was... Did you miss us? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I, I missed. Yes. It's not that it's not. It, it wasn't that you retweeted it. Is that it's, it's like that you did it from vacation. Like you didn't need to be on Twitter at that moment. Well, that's a subjective concept, right? I, I like knowing what's going on in the world. I like, yeah, like finding it's out. It's hard to not be on Twitter. I find yeah. it. I wish I was yeah. on it less, but I understand, Zach. I was taking a lot of bus rides. I I, I saw I was, I was checking out. I was, I was following along. Um. <laughs> So AJ Brown spoke uh, last last week. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to jog my well. Well, so with uh, Kelsey, he said he said nothing's changed for Jalen Hurts except for I believe he used an aura of commas, which was uh, what do you got there? Seltzer. Oh, okay. What kind? This is a good and gather caffeinated pear hibiscus. Mm. Do you like it? It's okay. I don't have a strong opinion. I like pears, but I don't know, like flavored pear yeah. stuff. But yeah, electric caffeine, you know. Oh, it's got caffeine in it. Interesting. Yeah, that's what caffeinated means. I didn't hear you say caffeinated. I just heard mm. you say seltzer. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> welcome back, Bo. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
it's it's so Kelsey was he he talked about why he returned, and he used this anecdote. I've heard this anecdote so much now that I I can recite it. Another which is which is that when when you know it's, it's Jeff Stoutland always told him that that when he's when he's when he's ready to go, he won't want to come back and play. And he said, "I'm always going to want to play." And Stoutland says, "No, there will be a time when when you won't want mm -hmm. to." And there are days when he doesn't want to go, but overall, he he wants to go. What is it uh, if you if you doubt, don't, or what is the line that that? Yeah, he heard? when in doubt, don't. When yeah. in doubt, don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've Still also heard ways. Yeah. I, I've also heard when you haven't made your decision, you've already made your decision, mm. right? Like uh, a meaning that like if if you're, it. I think this is a, a a Bill Parcells thing that once someone starts thinking about doing it, they've already done it. But that doesn't obviously apply to Kelsey, who considers it. But uh, AJ Brown spoke. Um, he said he was kind of gearing up to get ready for for OTAs. He's got a lot of personal goals. He he did not necessarily want to share them. Who else spoke? Uh, well, Alex Alex Tanny did. Was his he he um, he kind of talked about his path to getting to that point. We'll have more on Alex Tanny as the uh, season progresses as the summer progresses. Mm. And what were your thoughts on the, on the P conversation? <laughs> what were my thoughts on the P conversation? Yes. Um, I, I didn't necessarily know if it deserved the amount of attention that it did on the pod. <laughs> I thought it was the, mo I thought it was the single most interesting thing we've ever covered on this podcast. <laughs> uh, we, we did get a text from shield that said he had no idea that this was the policy and the procedure. Yeah. So he was very fascinated. I mean, where else has, have you ever heard that, that <laughs> like that inside football? Well, well like I, I, I want to push back on a few things. First off, Bo has an objection with, with me asking a waiter or waitress for like any additional information, but he thinks it's, it's totally like normal to, to have conversations with the person watching. Like let this guy, if you're saying, if you're saying to me when we go out to eat, that this waiter or waitress just wants to serve the food and get to the next table. My guess, my strong suspicion, is the person collecting your urine sample is probably of that same inclination. It's probably more of the inclination. Like, but it's who not knows? Michael's the one who's experienced it. I haven't experienced it. He's the one who knows. He's saying they're chatty. He was very chatty. Yeah, he was. He was. He was enjoying the conversation. Um, <laughs> he got a you. No, it was... <laughs> he got a what? He got a you. He got he got someone like you as the pee collector. Oh. Somebody who wants to chat. <laughs> I just know where you're going with that one. Um, yeah, I, I I thought Michael acquitted himself well for that. Um, I thought that was the most interesting thing I've ever heard about football. <laughs> you know, the, that was the most interesting thing you've 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 ever about heard. the life of a pro football player. Did you not know that? I didn't know the actual like details of it. Yeah. That part I I you knew that I, you knew that some guys uh aren't able to pee without also going number two and have to do and have to have to do that in front of the peak. No, that part I I I didn't know I didn't realize you had such stage fright peeing. You were saying before you go to the doctor's office, you know, you you're it's not you're, about stage fright, it's you're about drinking the, it's a about lot. the pressure yeah. of having to pee then. Yeah. I mean they 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 don't need a Gatorade bottle full of it, they just need like a 
Uh, it's a decent uh, size sample. <laughs> you're you're happy to just squeeze it out whenever you're hydrated. good at that. We know because he's got. That's it. true. That's true. <laughs> Hundred yeah. ounces. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I I I did find it to be an enjoyable conversation. I I, I thought it was, I I thought it was interesting. I, I guess we'll just get to this now. It's like sometimes there's a coach who's like demanding, you know, a certain type of player or something. Uh for however long he's there and then once he leaves like they acquire that player and it's like why wasn't that the case when i was there you know and so all i want all i ever talk about with with you guys is let's do a mailbag pod and bo's <laughs> like we can't do a man that's the most unoriginal thing okay why would we do a mailbag pod and then literally <laughs> i i missed one podcast this entire year well uh and, and, and you make it a mailbag pod so i I thought I that was a little like, that uh, one, yeah, that's very funny for a mailbag for a while. And Bo was like, that's the most unoriginal thing to do. And yet once I leave, he calls for the mailbag pod. I, I think it's a good way to engage, engage your audience, which, uh, which I, I found to be the case. I was so appreciative of Marissa, um, throughout the pod would, would continue to, uh, to like bring up. What do you think Zach would think here? And then she would project it. And she was on cue every single time. Well, um, I was like, not the same without you, Zach. Well, I thank said, you. you know, your absence was really felt. So I was, you know, throughout the pod thinking like, what would Zach do? <laughs> so the, the, the coach that I would want to fill in for me um, would be, you guys didn't hit either. I, I, I did agree with what Bo said. I would be frustrated for missing any of them because <laughs> I would want that audience. But the answer is clearly D'Amico Ryans because he's the only one who would feel more awkward in this seat than I would. Okay, because he would, <laughs> I would just be talking about there voices. would be a restraining order by the end of the podcast. <laughs> it would be it would be uh, that's good. good I like answer. that. He'd yeah. call the Texans PR person and say, "You had me as a guest on this football podcast, and this guy was hitting on me the whole he's time." Blushing what's, what's the going entire on time. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so the answer there it was uh, D'Amico Ryans. Um, I had some. Some other funny asides that I don't know if it's appropriate to share for the pod. Might as well. Uh, <laughs> once you, it's, this is like once you've once you've thought about it, once you've said it, you gotta you gotta put it out there. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, I'll I'll answer this in the most. Um, well, should we get to football and come back to this at the end? No, you've already started. <laughs> okay. Uh, Do we have any breaks in this episode, Marissa? No, I hope so. Okay. No, okay. Okay. Uh, I'll try to frame this in such a way that 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 won't come off like unseemly uh, in any way. So this could be good. <laughs> so Marissa was asking about the um, or was asked who she would feel like who she would want to have babysit her kid between mm. the two of us. Uh -oh. And the suggestion was essentially like if she wanted something responsible, she would have me. <laughs> and if she wanted something fun, she would have Bo. And it brought me back to. God, I hope I, I hope we don't get in trouble here. Okay. Probably back to, to like college, late high school, that kind of thing, when we play a version of Peck Nest Migrate. Okay. And <laughs> and and um I so this could be interpreted either as as like self-deprecating or a humble brag. I can assure you this is self-deprecating. Okay. It's it's certainly not a humble brag because like when when one is 18, 19 years old, sitting down for this game, like you're, you're, 
anyways, um, I was, I was, I was, I was, and, and again, my memory might have, have a way of, of like sanitizing this for the sake of the story. I was I never, I can see where this is going. I, I was never migrated. Okay. Which, which, which is, which as I, I suppose. A good yeah. Thing. Okay. But I was, uh, disproportionately <laughs> nested compared to Peck. And it, <laughs> And it, it, it reminded me of, of, of that because, because like, you know, it's probably, story, Zach. it's, it's probably a good thing like to be, you know, you know, uh, you're the, the responsible type. So, you know, I, I would, I would really like to nest you, but you're the fun type. So I would really like to pack you, you know, when, when you're, you know, when, when you're at a given age, you're, you're thinking more of the, of anyway so they want jennifer love you to, to to peck you they don't <laughs> yeah. want to nest you yeah so that so that babysitter so that babysitter story um uh made me think of uh of of that zach uh, shows the, up zach shows up next week with like a leather jacket uh <laughs> and a motorcycle like trying to, um, trying to be the bad boy <laughs> the uh the the question about the what job I, I would want on the set or uh, mm. in the, in the ecosystem, Bo, Bo picks sideline reporter because of the, uh, you know, I would want to ask that first question. I don't really feel you get a lot of meaningful questions in, mm. in that situation. Also, uh, you know, I, I think from like a height perspective, it could, it could, you know, mm. it, it could I be tough from the, from the camera lens. Yeah, but, sometimes you know, That's not something yeah. to worry about. Yeah. I would want to be these. I would want to have to sit down, this the the the, the Tom Rinaldi, mm. uh, inter, you know, Rinaldi. The, the Rinaldi feature, yeah, to go deep into the into the hometown, into the back, you know, the tearjerker type story. Yeah, I would, city. I, I would love that. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. So I I would like that role. I would like any of those roles. I, I mean, it'd be a good way to challenge yourself. I, I would challenge myself as a play-by-play -play guy. I would challenge myself as a studio host. I would challenge or the myself wriggle. as a game analyst. I don't know if I would want the wriggle thing. Um, <laughs> I'm not funny in that. In like, I, I, I think uh, that's not true. You came into the press conference yesterday with nothing but jokes. <laughs> you were just, you were just rattling vacation. off material. Uh, I don't know, rattling off material. No, I, I think I could be like situationally funny, but the wriggle thing. You, you have to come armed, you know, you, you have to have the, the jokes ready. So I don't have, I don't have that. Um, but no, I, and then Bo, oh, I'm sorry. She wanted me to point out that Bo compared playing with illness to Marissa being 30, yeah, uh, 33. 100% sincerely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just uh, shout out to shield there. I felt it was important to do that. Yeah, but speaking I, of shield, he's off gallivanting the world right now too. Mm, yeah, big big business trip. Yeah, what the heck yeah. is this? Well, his company's owned in his company's owned and operated in Sweden. Yeah, very cool. Head honchos, want to want to get a close up look at Mister Doctor Kapadia. I hope I hope he's listening to this. I'm sure he will. Yeah. So, anyways, those are my notes. I thought we would wait till the end of the pod for that and talk more Eagles, but Allah, we or Allah, we we did it here. Allah, uh, <laughs> <Ala> Abdul Nabi. <laughs> okay, now the notes about your um, trip. Well, I think we all want to hear about Bo's trip. That yes, that, I do want to hear about trip. Bo's trip too. Yeah. Well, here's the difference between my trip and Zach's trip. 
when Zach is on vacation, you know, Marissa and I make sure to uh, not bother him and not include him in uh, in like discussions about the show, like let him have his time away. Don't bother him with Eagle stuff. When I'm on vacation, uh, Zach is texting me asking what time we're going to do the pod this week. He's telling me about like uh, national reporters who are working on tangentially related Eagle stories. <laughs> well, like I'm just trying to be unplugged. Like it's okay. It's yeah. okay to take a couple days off. No, I'm, I I don't like you, you don't send and, and receive texts when you're on vacation. I was out of the country and I was texting nonstop. Like I was, I, I don't buy that. You, you, you're playing golf. I, I don't know what it's like on, on the golf course, but, uh, you, yeah, you I don't, don't need, I don't need to know every little thing about the Eagles beat when I'm, uh, when I'm away. Okay. I think well, that's, that's, you, that's where you and I are different. so well together. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to apologize for when I was away, I was, I was following along. I, I, Listen to your pod. I I read Eagles content every day. I watch the press conferences. Like that's there's nothing wrong with that. In my from from my view, you didn't have to respond. I, I just I don't think it's a problem to share. But people do want to hear about your vacation. I think you it's were. a version of the I think it's a version of the elevator conversation, where uh, you presume that that other people want it like you want it. Oh, I don't think that. Um, here, I, I won't text you, Bo. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, keep it, we'll keep it the business hours, okay? Okay. I'm just I saying, mean, like, from a worker's rights perspective, when you're on PTO, like... From a worker's rights perspective, PTO. we shouldn't do 4 a.m. pods, right? From a worker's rights perspective... Well, you're uh, working. In the, fired. I mean, you know, I was... I'm, I'm up at 6 a.m. and I finished the pod at 4 a.m. That's, that's not... We do that based on your schedule, not mine, right? So... From a workers' rights perspective, like well, yeah, uh, but you're only up at six a.m. from for a side deal that you have. Okay, let's get along now. <laughs> All right, you guys work together for a little bit of time, maybe a little salty. You each went on separate vacations, but we're back. We should so have vacation together. Again. <laughs> uh, Where would we vacation should... together? Mm, good question. What would what would hit both of us? A college football game, right? Like a like a a Wake Forest, one. yeah, Wake Forest Syracuse game. Uh, oh, that's good. How was uh? Uh, how'd you shoot? I did. I played okay. I had a good time. Went went out to Bandon Dunes with uh, where's that with some buddies. It's in that's in Oregon. Very cool. Had a great time. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Exactly. Body. The go? body is feeling it. I'm. I am an old man. But lower I mean, lower back and the uh, and the can't the the calves and the hamstrings mm. still. Barking. Do you walk the uh, Do you walk the course or? or oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So, so that's why. Okay. I played like uh, something like 137 holes in seven wow. days or in four days, something like that. Wow. And then yeah. your boy won the U.S. Open. Yeah. Why would Why would he be my boy? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't have like a super strong Brooks Koepka opinion. I don't really get why he's my boy. Uh, I I, th I thought you were a Koepka fan. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I the, what's the joke there? I don't, I don't get it. There's no joke. I thought you were a Kepka fan. Why? Yeah. You just struck me as a Kepka fan. You're 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 both like uh, um, ripped. You're both <laughs> okay. Okay, fill in the blank there. Ripped. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 
Okay. Marissa, what did you ask? How the, how the weather was? How was, was the weather? Yeah, you still haven't said where you went. So, oh, the weather was no, like... No, no, uh, I was asking Bo. Six, but... 60s and uh, rainy and, and, and windy. It was like exactly what you would expect right on, that, right on the Pacific coast. Hmm. It was good. Good golf. What's, what's the Blazers sentiment out there? Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Okay. <laughs> okay. You didn't talk, uh, you didn't talk didn't, Blazers? You know what? Didn't there? talk Blazers four and a half hours outside Portland. Oh, is that how far? Okay. I, yeah. I, it's the state's team, right? Sorry to say. <laughs> Where were you, Zach? Asia? Uh, I was in Israel. Um, oh. I was uh, I was on a, a mission trip in Israel. I was with a big group. I had a great I had a great time. Met interesting people. Did fascinating things, and was excited to come home and get back to work. <laughs> did you relax at all? Well, it wasn't like a, a sit on the beach type trip. Like I, I was, I had an yeah, itinerary. Did you unplug at all? I had an itinerary like each day from. Uh, I mean, I'm not exaggerating here. I, I could even send it to you from like 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. But it was, uh, it was great. Like I learned so much, and yeah, you know, so your kind of vacation. Yeah, like I, I filled, I, I filled my notes app on my phone with, with like just you know, thoughts and details and things like that. Um, and uh, it gave me, yeah, I, I owned a big group and I met interesting people. Uh, and it was, yeah, I was, I was happy I did it. Okay. Happy I'm I did glad it. you guys back. both had fun on your respective vacations, but we need Thank to you. get along now that we're back together. Oh, I'm, we're I'm getting, always getting along. Yeah, we're always getting along. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and Marissa, what's, what's going on with you? Um, nothing. <laughs> I didn't go anywhere cool, so I like hearing about your guys' trips. I didn't get to see any pictures from Bo's trip. Thankfully, Emily posted lots of pictures, so I was able to see what Zach was doing. But um, yeah, she's yeah. not shy. Maybe we got to work on your Instagram game, Bo. Maybe add to your stories. I mean, who needs to see? I did see a, a picture. A I did see a picture of you one day um, on Rachel's story that it was in the backyard playing with the kids, which was cute. Oh so, uh, yes. Um, but yeah. I'm I'm happy you guys had a good time. You both deserved a little uh, a little time off because it's been a long year. That's what sure. was your game of choice in the backyard? What were you doing? Were you playing tag? Were you no? We were just around? playing t-ball, hitting. Oh, okay. Jane and I, yeah. How's Jane, Jane swing? And then Bo was hitting pretty good. His, his own. <laughs> oh yeah, beautiful swing at a bow. We still got it, no doubt about that. Who do you think is going to be the best athlete of your of your kids, both of you? Oh, Jane for uh, sure. Casey. It's not even yeah. close. Really? Oh, between my two kids, yeah, it's definitely oh, I, Jane. I, I I thought of all our kids. Okay, oh, um, I can't speak for Zach's kids. Yeah, my kids. I mean, Sloane's uninterested in sports. I oh. can tell you that right now. So she's still young, though. She might, you know. Yeah, no, she. We, we I signed her up for stuff, and she's not. So so Reed, I signed him up for every sport, and he he plays it. So I I would say Reed by process of elimination. <laughs> okay. Reed and Jane can uh. Yeah, there you go. Next yeah I like it looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, right. let's get to the Eagles portion of the show. Let's get to the flock trial. Now, here's the deal. Uh, Zach and I will both be uh, serving as the uh, the hype man, the the, uh, defense for two of these players or people or or organizations and uh, the hater for the other two, the uh, prosecution, if you will. Uh, I don't know how we're going to decide this. I think Marissa could be the judge. I think the chat could be the judge, but... We'll uh, we'll let it play out, and we'll have these conversations about four um, relative, relatively polarizing figures as we head into the twenty twenty three season. Uh, Zach, should the I guess the I guess the the prosecution should go first, right, and then the defense goes second. Is that the, is that uh, the sure. general order of business? Yeah, sure. And we'll start with uh, we'll start with Nicobe Dean. Okay. Fire away. That's what, that's what it said on the rundown. We sent the rundown this week, so that's good. We did, yeah. I didn't know if the order of the players was 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 the order in which we it, were going. it doesn't have to be. Would you like to start with somebody else? No, the Kobe. I, I think the Kobe's a much discussed guy, and I think he's, yeah, uh, he's someone who, you know, I, I had a mailbag, and, and one of the questions was breakout players on the Eagles, and I mentioned the Kobe Dean, and uh, our hardworking editor Josiah put him as the picture on the mailbag. So yeah, let's let's talk to Kobe Dean. Let's talk Nicobe Dean. All right. Uh, the question posed to the court today is not about whether uh, young Mr. Dean will serve as one of the Eagles' two starting linebackers this season. Uh, we know that that will be the case. Uh, and that was preordained when the team selected him in the third round a year ago. Rather, the question is whether Mr. Dean will be an impact player at the position or even serve as an upgrade on either. TJ Edwards or Kaiser White. Given that the team decided Dean was a worse player than Edwards and White last season, this obviously requires a, a leap of faith. I would say that uh, Dean's lack of playing time last season, he just played 37 defensive snaps in total over the course of the regular season, uh, were not just a bad omen about the team's evaluation of him, but they also served as poor preparation for his new role. At a position where instincts matter so much, Dean still has no real bank of professional reps from which to draw. He will essentially be a rookie again in 2023. So even if you are bullish on Nicobe Dean long-term, it would be foolish to think he won't need a lot of seasoning before turning into something resembling what his full potential is. Given the quality of their offense and the organizational uh, valuation of the linebacker position, the Eagles can afford to be patient with Nicobe Dean, but expecting him to be an impact player right away would border on delusion. One final note to close. It was hard to watch Dean's cameos on defense last season and not think, eh, guy looks a little small. At 5'11", 231, Dean is, in fact, quite undersized. Of the top 40 tacklers in the NFL last season, 
Only one is as small as N'Kobe Dean. That's Quincy Williams, who was 5'11", 225. If you expand that to the top 100 tacklers in the NFL, only three more linebackers qualify. David Long, Malcolm Rodriguez, and Devin Bush. Don't let his pedigree fool you. Dean is an outlier, and expecting him to be an impact player right away is not a good bet. So I, I, I didn't write these down. I thought we were going to have a conversation. That was very well-written, well-performed. <laughs> My pushback here is that at linebacker in particular, okay, I think the pedigree does matter. If, if you're looking for traits and, 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 and the, the height, weight, speed, start Davion Taylor. How did that go, right? Uh, also you also a third-round pick if you're talking pedigree, to be fair. I'm talking about pedigree as a player. You said that that you also said in in there that by virtue of the Eagles drafting Nicobe Dean in the third round, they basically made him a starter. That's not the case. They drafted Davion Taylor in the third round, didn't make him a, a starter because they saw after a year he wasn't ready to be a starter. Nicobe Dean, I think, first off, the Eagles were, were, were remarkably healthy at linebacker last season. That is why he did not get on the field over Kaiser White and T.J. Edwards, both of whom who had more experience. T.J. Edwards is an example of someone who does not have the traits but has the instincts and how the instincts can overtake that. When I talk about pedigree as a player, I'm talking about someone not just with draft pedigree, with performance pedigree. Performance pedigree meaning he was a unanimous first-team All-American, unanimous uh, at Georgia where he was the – nation's top linebacker on the best defense in college football and one of the best defenses in college football history. He was the Buckus Award winner. If you want to know previous Buckus Award winners in the past decade, that that includes uh, Luke Keekley, that includes C.J. Mosley, that includes uh, Roquan Smith, that includes Devin White, okay? Um, so you're talking, you're, you're talking about good company on that list there. N'Kobe Dean, who, who had 72 tackles, during his final year at Georgia, who had six sacks, who had two interceptions, who had eight pass breakups. Okay. Uh, I, I, I care more about traits when it comes to defensive tackle, when it comes to edge rusher, I care more about instincts when it comes to linebacker. And I think he has those instincts intact. I think the fact that the Eagles did not make moves at that position this offseason is evidence of their confidence in Nicobe Dean, not just because of where they drafted him, but because of the player that he was. This is an alpha personality. This is someone who Dan Lanning called a coach on the field, literally, when he was at Georgia. He missed time during the, the spring practices that year and had the script in hand instructing the defense. There's clips you can watch of him telling first-round picks where to go, where to line up. He he knows what to do there. He's what you look for in that position. Uh, I would have confidence in Nicobe Dean if your argument is that he's not particularly tall or not particularly fast. Uh, I would say tune in this year to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, where you can hear uh, or you can hear Zach Thomas speak and, and give a speech about how he was not particularly tall, was not particularly fast. He was 5'11", 235. He was drafted. Um, he was drafted in the fifth round, I believe, and he goes on to become a Hall of Famer. So uh, I'm not saying Nicobe Dean's going to be a Hall of Famer, but if you're hanging your hat on the fact that he 
uh, does not have elite traits and that he did not get on the field over two guys who stayed healthy, two experienced players who were paid more money, who uh, were healthy throughout the year, um, then I, I would say go back and watch the way he played at Georgia in 2021, and that will give you the confidence that you need. Uh, if it pleases the court, I'd like to uh, add the fuller <laughs> evidence uh, submitted by Mr. Berman. Other Butkus Award winners of recent vintage include Isaiah Simmons, Ruben Foster, Jalen Smith, and Manti Teow. So uh, that's not necessarily a, a guarantee of any future success. And I, and I think as to the point about the Eagles' uh, moves or relative lack of moves at the position this offseason signaling their confidence in N'Kobe Dean, they didn't have a lot of options. They had money to spend elsewhere. They didn't have a lot of money to spend on the position. It is the position they care about the least when building the roster. So it is no surprise that they were they are willing to give Nicobe Dean a shot at one of those two positions. And again, I don't think that this necessarily means that Nicobe Dean is going to be a bad player. My argument is that expecting him to hit the ground running is probably not very smart. I think it's going to take some time for him. The the uh, you know the instincts that you talk about from his time at Georgia, it's going to be some time before he builds up that that bank of reps that he needs. Uh, it, the the history of rookie linebackers uh, like being impact players is not very good. It's going to take some time. Uh, it is a long term play for the Eagles. It is not a a short term high expectation. Proof will be in the pudding. Okay. I I I I feel strongly about about my argument here. I should I should have prepared I I prepared talking points. I didn't write a script. It looks like the chat is uh, agreeing with um, Zach, but they do think that Bo's argument was better. <laughs> yeah, the chat um, the chat wants the wants the guy to be good because they're Eagles fans. Yes, that's fine. But they they did say that they liked um, what Bo had prepared. Okay. So, Fair enough. But, but Zach, Zach wins that one. Okay. Pretty uh, unanimously. All right. Next on the docket before the okay. court, the case of Cam Jurgens. Bo, Marissa, and me have something in common with Cam Jurgens. You know what that is? Well, we have a lot what in common that, with Zach? Cam Jurgens, but one thing in particular. We're all white. We've. <laughs> I don't know why you make everything about race, Bo. Um, we, uh, we've all started the same amount of games. We've all played the same amount of games at guard as Cam Jurgens. Okay? Cam Jurgens has never started a game at offensive guard. If we, uh, he, has, he did not play offensive guard until last season when he did it in spot duty in practices. Okay? Cam Jurgens. Is a he was he was a tight end in college. Oh, I'm sorry, in high school, who played center at Nebraska. Center and guard are not the same positions. I'm sure there's someone in Marissa's house who can uh, attest to that. One can become converted to it, but th you cannot simply say just because you're a good prospect at center, you're going to be a good prospect at guard. I go back to the 2017 season when the Eagles cleared the deck before the season, to have Isaac Sayamalu as their starting guard. And then they saw Isaac Sayamalu play in games. And they said, not so fast. Let's go with a rotation here. 
between Chance Warmack and Stefan Wisniewski because we don't have uh, Isaac Samalu is not ready for showtime here. Isaac Samalu was drafted in the, th in the third round, high third round pick, very similar to Cam Jurgens, who was like a mid to low, mid second round pick uh, for the Eagles. Isaac Samalu was a center during his final year at Oregon State, but played multiple positions and had more experience at other spots than Cam Jurgens did. And it took him time to learn how to play offensive guard. I think Jeff Stoutland is a terrific coach, but just because Jeff Stoutland drafts a center doesn't mean he can put him anywhere and get the production that he needs uh, to have the, the solution at that position. And the fact that the Eagles drafted a guard in the top of the third round, a tackle who's moving the guard, who they've who they're playing at guard. Objection, Your Honor. Uh, Tyler Steen has also never started a game yes. at guard in his career, unless you consider the Senior Bowl, right? But uh, that 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 is a game that he started at guard, I believe. Um, but I I do hear your point. He he did practice at guard day one, whereas Cam Jurgens did not. Um, I I I think that Cam Jurgens has a lot of athleticism, and he has a lot of upside. But it is presumptuous to think that just because the Eagles drafted him at center to be Jason Kelsey's replacement and Jason Kelsey continued playing, that you can just go into the Madden profile and switch C to G and think that the rating is going to be the same. It doesn't necessarily work like that. Just to clarify, is your argument that Cam Jurgens will not be the starting right guard or that he won't oh. be good as the starting right guard? Oh, no, my argument is that we're not – I thought we were doing hype man – Versus, I, I I didn't think I was. Hype I'm man just versus, asking. Uh, yeah, no. My argument is, is that we can't be convinced that he's the solution. He has to prove it. Okay, this is not the type of thing. I I don't think Nicobe Dean needs to prove that he's the linebacker. I think Nicobe Dean, unless Nicobe Dean gets a major injury, Nicobe Dean is the starting linebacker. I think Cam Jurgens needs to win the guard spot because there is projection there, and it's not just a foregone conclusion that he's going to be the guy. Um, I see Jason Kelsey. I, I, I see MJ saying in the chat, Kelsey believes Cam could have started and played well last year. Matter of fact, if you go and you listen to Jason Kelsey's quotes, he said he could have started and played center last year. Okay. And then he added on that he can be a good guard, but he was talking specifically about center. And when Jason Kelsey, matter of fact, was talking about Cam Jurgens' long term potential in this league, he was talking about him at center. He said Cam Jurgens is going to be one of the is is going to be one of the best centers in the league. It was not about guard. The idea of playing Cam Jurgens at guard is because he was a second round pick and Jason Kelsey's still playing and they need someone to play. It's not because they say it's not like a Landon Dickerson situation where they say this guy can play all over the line. They're looking to get the player on the field. They're looking to fit the the peg in the hole as opposed to the other way around. Well you can't really fit a hole in a peg, but you know what I mean. As as opposed to finding the perfect fit here. Uh, Your Honor, I know that you have no patience for uh, frivolous lawsuits and your time is precious, uh, so I will try to keep this brief. With regards to Cam Jurgens' prospects for 2023, I ask one simple question. Do you trust Jeff Stoutland? I feel like that's all we need to say. 
now uh, to expand just a little bit. You know, before the draft, Howie Roseman essentially declared Jurgens as the starting right guard. Yes. He went along the line. He said Cam Jurgens will be their right guard. So like Steen all you want, but that lack of couching is unusual at that stage of the offseason for Howie Roseman. Uh, I would think you can read between the lines that Jeff Stoutland, who has so much power in that offensive line room, is preparing for Cam Jurgens to be the starting right guard. And if the guy is good enough for Howie, and if he's good enough for Stoutland, and if he's good enough for Jason Kelsey, he's darn sure good enough for me. So while the focus seems to be on whether Jurgens can replicate what the Eagles got out of Isaac Sayamalu last season, I wonder if the question should be about whether he can serve as an improvement. Jurgens' mm. athletic tools offer a creative weapon for the coaching staff to deploy in the league's most versatile running game. It's not just now, it's not just Kelsey who can scream downfield in search of an open field block. Imagine both Jurgens and Lane Johnson pulling across the formation to the left side or DeAndre Swift following Cam Jurgens in a, in a screen on his way downfield. I don't think that we need to overthink this. He gets to play between Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. He has the physical tools that made him a second round pick, and he has the backing of the best offensive line coach in the NFL. Cam Jurgens will be just fine. What do your prototypes tell you about the the the, the size, the weight of of elite guards? Uh, I would have to go look at that, but uh, that is for Pro Bowl guards. No one's expecting Cam Jurgens to be a Pro Bowler right away, uh, and I think his Pro Bowl upside probably is at center. I think that is a, a fair concession to make, but in service of getting him on the field, I think this makes plenty of sense. Reasonable enough. Okay. Should do we declare a, a winner in this one, or do we do we move just move on to Jordan Davis? The chat is still weighing in, so um, this verdict will not be uh, will be delayed. Hmm. We can get we can hear the next case um, and report back. Okay, if that works with with you guys. I um, feel like the, okay. early take early early signs are that Bo is taking this round. My guess is that in all these situations, the the uh, the, 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 the the defense will win because yeah, Eagles fans likely. Eagles yeah. fans want the guy. And yeah. and by the way, we split this up just for the sake of conversation. I I, I think Cam Jurgens is going to be the starting guard, and I think he's he's going to yeah, be fine this there. Is, this is yeah. a, this is performative. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. It looks like Bo, you are the uh, the winner of the Cam Jurgens case. Okay. I think Bo's going to win all four of these. By the way, because I did not write up. No, you um, won the first one, Zach. <laughs> No, yeah. but in terms of the argument, I I, I feel embarrassed. I, I did not write a script here. Um, so I feel like this one's the main event. Okay. Buckle up. By all accounts, Jordan Davis seems like a fine young man. In our estimation, uh, he is not one he's not the one on trial here. After all, he's not the one who traded up to select him 13th overall in last year's draft. As a rookie, Mr. Davis played 13 regular season games starting five. He played 217 snaps, 196 of those were 90% on first and second down. At the time he suffered a high ankle sprain in week eight of the regular season, the Eagles run defense ranked 24th in DVOA. 
from the time 34-year-old Linval Joseph took over Davis's role as the primary nose tackle, the team improved to 15th in run defense. Meanwhile, in Davis's 107 pass rush snaps, he failed to register a single quarterback hit. So we can fairly say that his rookie season was a disappointment. I don't think that that is an argument. Now, Mr. Berman will probably tell you that defensive tackles, as much as perhaps any position, take time to develop. To some degree, that is true. And just like we were told that Mr. Davis's otherworldly athletic tools made him a premium prospect in the draft, despite his lack of production, we're being told now to remain patient. If it please the court, uh, I'd like to submit Exhibit A, which is the list of defensive linemen since 2010 who rushed the quarterback at least 100 times as a rookie and failed to record a single quarterback hit. Here we go. Quinton Bohanna, P.J. Hall, Justin Ellis, Will Sutton, John Jenkins, Devon Godshaw, David Anyameda, Danny Shelton, Eddie Vanderdose, Derek Nadi, Deadrin Sanat, Trayvon Hester, Shamar Steven, Carlos Watkins, Harrison Phillips, Ryan Glasgow, Devontae Lambert, Darius Latham, Nathan Shepard, Jordan Elliott, Avery Moss, Randy Gregory, Tenzel Smart, Malachi Goodman, Tenny Palapoy, Demarcus Lawrence, Dewan Smoot, Ed Stinson, Tyler Lancaster, Eli Harold, Puna Ford, Don Terry Poe, Grover Stewart, Quinton Bohan, I already said, Carl Davis, and Demontre Moore. Uh, exhibit B, the list of rookie defensive tackles since 2010 who had exactly one quarterback hit, according to True Football's True Media's uh, Pro Football Focus in their 100-plus pass rush snaps. Akeem Spence, David Perry, Bobby Richardson, Dalvin Tomlinson, Romeo Okwara, Raekwon Davis, Henry Anderson, Rodney Gunter, Corey Peters, Doug Costin, Billy Wynn, Jeremiah Ledbetter, DJ Reader, Taylor, Taylor Stallworth, Justin Jones, Levi Anwuzarike, Taquan Graham, Jonathan Bullard, Kalen Sanders, Teron Jackson, Stacey McGee, Vincent Valentine, Isaiah Loudermilk, Taven Bryan, Grady Jarrett, Tadero Slayton, Larry Ogunjobi, Andre Branch, Jordan Willis, Marcus Hunt, Dorrance Armstrong, Michael Bennett, the other one, Austin Johnson, Rasheem Green, Bo Allen, Jonathan Allen, David Irving, TJ Fatanikun, and Anthony Zettel. Now, there's some disparity in the pro football focus hits versus the official quarterback hits. For instance, Jonathan Allen registered six official quarterback hits, according to uh, the NFL's official statisticians. Same for Randy Gregory, and uh, Grady Jarrett actually had two. So, you will notice a few cases of uh, a few of those players turning into difference-making defensive tackles. But to me, the most clear comparison is Danny Shelton, who was the 12th overall pick in 2015. Mr. Shelton carved out a solid career and is still in the league today. But as a pure nose tackle, he has six sacks in eight seasons and has never signed a more lucrative contract than a guaranteed $4 million. He's a fine player, but an underwhelming return on the resource that was used to acquire him. One year into his career, that, to me, looks like the path for Jordan Davis, career role player. Are you resting your case? Or should I proceed? I'm done for now. Yeah. Okay. 
Who were the all-pro defensive tackles last year, out of curiosity? The answer is Quinnen Williams and Chris Jones. Let's talk about Quinnen Williams for a second, okay? Quinnen Williams, who was the number three overall pick in the 2019 draft. I'm going to ask you a little question here. Who had a better pressure rate as a rookie, Quinnen Williams or Jordan Davis? Objection, Your Honor. Uh, pressure rate is not a reliable stat. Pressures are very subjective. I asked you a question here. Who had a better pressure rate as a rookie? I object. I don't answer that question. Okay. I mean, I would say statistics in general, they're like bikinis, right? What they what they show is revealing and what they conceal is vital. Um, but uh let's 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 just proceed here, just for the sake of conversation. Quinnen Williams, who in 2019 was there was the, they were up in arms in New York. What did we just draft number three overall? Quinnen Williams had he played, let me pull my numbers up here. He played 490 defensive snaps that year, four times as many as Jordan Davis did this year or, there, or thereabouts. He had two and a half sacks. He had a 5.7% pressure rate. Jordan Davis this year played 217 snaps at a 7.5% pressure rate. Okay. He had eight, he had eight pressures, eight, eight hurries, according to our friends at pro football focus. Quinn Williams, if they're not it, my friends, <laughs> Quinn Williams, if, if, if you're not following right now, is I don't want to say he's in a holdout situation, but he's he's uh he's kind of waiting for his next contract, which very well might make him the highest paid defensive lineman in the NFL, and it'll be deservedly so. Sometimes this takes patience. Chris Jones, by the way, Chris Jones, who we all saw in the Super Bowl, pretty outstanding player when he was a rookie in Kansas City. He played 548 defensive snaps. He had two sacks that year. He was credited with two quarterback hits takes time at that position uh jordan davis you keep pointing to the example of linval joseph linval joseph is not marlon tooley below two linval joseph is someone who is a two-time pro bowler who was signed specifically for that role if when jordan davis was injured if linval joseph was sitting on the bench why do you even have linval joseph on your roster jordan davis takes a i i would say for all you film heads here, go back and watch that Steelers game. Go back and watch it before Jordan Davis got injured. Go back and see the way the Eagles were using him in that game. See the way he was progressing to that point in the season. See the promise that he showed against the Steelers. And that was coming before the ankle injury. And then think back to the way he played at Georgia. Think back to the fact that this was someone who was named the top defensive player in all of college football, despite statistics that some lawyers would would point to as the eye popping statistics here but not but but they say just watch the film watch the way he impacts games watch the way he commands double teams watch the way Jalen Carter plays next to him because of the way Jordan of, of the attention that that Jordan Davis commands Jordan Davis had a has a historical athletic profile I said that the athletic traits don't matter to me as much at linebacker, uh, and instincts matter more. I would go the opposite end on on defensive line. I think traits matter more on defensive line. When you're when when you're that close to the ball, if you're bigger, you're stronger, and you're faster, uh, you're often going to beat the guy in front of you. And Jordan Davis is going to be bigger and stronger and faster. He's going to command. Uh, he'll he'll have four hands on him most plays, and he has uh, playing next to him here. He'll 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 have Jalen Carter. He'll have Fletcher Cox. He'll have uh, Milton Williams. 
I think these the you will see in their production the value of having Jordan Davis on the field. So we can keep pointing to statistics, and I would say be patient with those statistics, but I would say go back and watch that Steelers game for an indication of what's to come in Philadelphia this year. So what constitutes success for Jordan Davis in your mind? Uh, what constitutes success? I would say wins and losses. I would say production of the team. But let's let, for the sake of this conversation, uh, I th- I think that if we look at, A, A, we can see anecdotally, but B, I think you'll see those statistics improve. I mentioned the Quinn and Williams example. Quinn and Williams went from 5.7% pressure rate to 11.1% pressure rate in his second season when he had seven sacks. Last season, he was at 12 sacks and 12.9% pressure rate. Uh, Jordan Davis, as I said last year, was at a a 7.5% pressure rate. He only played 15 third downs during the season. He had a 20% pressure rate on those third downs. He wasn't really asked to pass rush that often. Uh, but I, I I think if we, uh, we're we going to see him now, the Eagles, I can pull my numbers up. It's realistic to expect him to play 600 snaps this year, and I think you'll see more production with him over those 600 snaps. The argument that I'm hearing is the importance of having a nose tackle, not that Jordan Davis himself is going to be an impact player. Uh, it's all about the, the, the double teams he's going to command to open things up for other people. And that's fine, but you don't need to use the 13th overall pick or trade up for it to get a guy who's just playing the position, which who you could get on the street midway through the season, like they were able to get with Linval Joseph. When he was drafted, the question posed to Howie Roseman was, do you see pass rush upside here? And he basically said, if he doesn't have that, the pick will not be good. Like that is what we are betting on. And so if that doesn't come, it, it is not a good pick. Now, Maybe it comes, but uh, it has never, ever been shown. As I as I say in conversations with my wife, um, please, please don't conflate implication with inference. Okay, you're inferring. That's my argument. That's not what I implied. I was actually referring to the developmental timeline of defensive tackles. I was pointing to the All Pro tackles last year. The guy who's on the verge of being paid the top among defensive tackles in the NFL, the other all-pro tackle who had underwhelming pass rush production as a rookie as well. I I, I think it's 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 going to uh, take some time. Quinnen Williams, who you mentioned, I'm mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt, played two seasons at Alabama, and as a sophomore, he had eight sacks. To compare him and his track record to Jordan Davis's is incredibly misleading. What's my, oh wait, repeat that. What's misleading? About he had that? eight sacks as a sophomore in college. Jordan okay. Davis played four years in college and didn't have that many over the course of his career. Oh, so now all of a sudden college stats matter with Nicobe Dean. They were inapplicable. I thought, uh, no one ever yeah. talked about his college stats. <laughs> I never talked about his college. Hey. stats. Uh, Jordan Davis was a unanimous first team all American, uh, as a, as a senior, he was the generic award winner. Okay. He was the Outland trophy winner. Um, he was, uh, he was, and this is quoting Nick Saban. He's about as good a player as I've seen for a long time as an inside player on any team. Nick Saban's seen quite a few inside players, including Quentin Williams. I have one final question. Yes. 
Is it Jordan Davis or is it David Jordan? <laughs> it is Jordan Davis. It is Jordan Davis, yes. All right. The sickos in the chat have ruled that ZB ran away with this one. You are of, of course they do. They want Jordan Davis to be good. <laughs> three uh, for we'll three. See. We'll see the next one. This is the only one where I think they may not uh be in favor of of uh, the defense, but that's okay. Okay. So bring the arguments. Let's Go ahead, Zach. All right, we'll present the case. Okay. Uh, this is about the new coaching staff, that the new coaching staff is better than last season. And when we say better, it's 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 hard to qualify this, right? What's attributable to the coaching staff, what's attributable to the players. But this is what I'm, I'm, I'm going to point to here. The Eagles were a historic team last year. They were number three in DVOA. They were number four in third downs. Okay, it, 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 I'm sorry, on offense, they were number three in DVOA, number four in in third down percentage at 45.9%, and it was the best in franchise history. Number three in red zone, 67.8%, best in franchise history. 477 points, 57 scrimmage touchdowns, all records. On defense, they were number six in DVOA. They were number 14 in third down. They were number 11 in red zone, 70 sacks, third most in NFL history. Okay, I point this out as a way of saying one of my favorite shows is The West Wing. And there's a scene in The West Wing where President Bartlett is talking to to a therapist. Um, and the therapist says, uh, what was that room I, I, I just passed? And it was the Lincoln bedroom. And he said, you know, that's a that's a tough uh, that's a tough curve to be graded on. This guy, this guy ended slavery. What's next? Right. Uh I bring that up, <laughs> I bring that example because this is this is a tough curve to be graded on. What Brian Johnson <laughs> needs to do to be better, what Brian Johnson needs to do to be better is he needs to be better than the number three offense in DVOA last year. He needs to be better than franchise records on third down, franchise records on red zone, franchise records in points. What well, you know, that's that's a tough curve. That's that's a tough curve to be graded on. He he benefited from uh, he, he, he might not benefit from the same type of injury luck that the Eagles had a year ago. Uh, Sean Desai is dealing with a situation here where they had historic sack production last year. Okay. Uh, they, they, they had the best pass defense in the NFL last year. He needs to replace two safe, two starters at safety, two starters at linebacker. He needs to replace a, 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 a pro bowl defensive tackle. Uh, he needs, so, when you're talking about the coaching staff being better, how are we measuring that? The, the way they're going to be better is a top two offense is a top five defense. That's, that's the, that, that, that's the threshold that they're dealing with there. So I think they have smart people on this coaching staff. Uh, I think Brian Johnson has demonstrated experience at Florida, even though that's in college and now he needs to go to the NFL here. Sean Desai has a year with the bears and worked under Vic Fangio. And I think the experience in Seattle is beneficial, but the team last year was, was so good. By the way, I, I, I want to take that back. I wasn't comparing slavery <laughs> to what the Eagles are doing. I was comparing the scene in the West wing where he was talking about the Lincoln bedroom and it, how presidents are judged on this Abraham Lincoln curve. I just want to make that clear. It's a powerful scene from the West wing. By no means am I conflating uh, those two things. Um, but uh, point being that in, in, in order for 
this coaching staff to be considered better than last year's coaching staff. Um, you need to have a top two offense and a top five defense. And that's, that's going to be awfully hard to do. All right. Well, I will not be so bold as to compare the NFC championship to slavery, <laughs> but I hope you will join uh, with me. I was, wait, I was not comparing it. I was, I was, you've had your time. Citing, I was citing, you've had your time. I was citing a scene in the West Wing. You've had your time. Uh, we, we've heard tales before about the difficulty of replenishing a coaching staff. To be sure, there are no guarantees when it comes to the kind of turnover foisted upon Nick Sirianni when both his coordinators, lawfully or unlawfully, left to become head coaches elsewhere. The good news is Mr. Sirianni, in conjunction with Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, appears to have avoided some common pitfalls in his rebuilding process. Let's start on offense, where the loss of Shane Steichen seems significant. The Eagles finished, as Mr. Berman said, third in offensive DVOA last season, one year after finishing 11th. Uh, Mr. Berman may have inferred that, you know, Shane Steichen's play calling helped unlock the offensive turnaround from the middle of the 2021 season, turning it into the behemoth they were last year. Well, guess whose offense Shane Steichen was calling? If you go into a restaurant and order a delicious meal, who gets the credit? You for ordering the food or the chef for putting together the menu? Let's not be ridiculous. Let's not overstate this. Let anyone who has ever watched a Shane Steichen press conference tell you whether he's a genius or not. So while Sirianni remains at the helm of the offensive design, the ascension of rising star Brian Johnson brings a fresh look to help guide against the complacency that could befall a team while the rest of the league is spending its offseason trying to find solutions. Alex Tanney's promotion to quarterbacks coach is right on time, and the rest of the offensive staff remains intact. And oh, by the way, pretty much the entire offense is here as well. That side of the ball will be just fine. Thank you very much. Now let's talk about defense. If you want to tell me Nick Rallis is a star in the making and DJ Elliott represents a step back at linebacker, I'm willing to hear that argument. The loss of Denard Wilson might look odd from the outside, but DK McDonald is ready to have a room to himself. And the truth is no one wants a coach in the building who doesn't want to be here. In fact, Mr. Wilson's departure is probably a positive sign. Sirianni boasted in the lead-up to his hiring process that his preference was to hire from within. But in surveying the landscape, he guarded against his own biases in hiring Sean Desai to replace Jonathan Gannon. I will spare the court the relitigation of Gannon's time in Philadelphia, except to remind everyone that his performance in the most important game of his life would have been no different than if he had ordered the defense to leave the field entirely. Now, in comes Desai, who is not a Vic Fangio pretender like so many others around the league. Here is a smart, versatile coach who apprenticed under Fangio as his right-hand man for four seasons. It's one thing to watch a defense on film and try to replicate its identity, and quite another to be there while the thing is being built and to understand the whys for how everything happens. It's the difference between asking ChatGBT to write a song or asking George Harrison to write one. Now, finally, before closing, I'd like to point out the potential secret weapon in the new staff, one that was derided upon its announcement. 
Mock Matt Patricia's track record all you want. Just remember that no less football mind than Bill Belichick trusted him as his protege, not only on defense, but in rebuilding an offense from scratch in a single offseason. While Patricia's role as senior defensive assistant is a little bit of an unknown from the outside, my understanding from talking to people in the building is that his intelligence has already shown through while he brings a fresh outside perspective to bounce ideas off. This is an organization that had Vic Fangio himself in a similar position last offseason. I think we can trust they know what they're doing. And so if stagnancy is every NFL team's nightmare, Eagles and their fans should be able to sleep well. Going with Matt Patricia as, as your uh, closing argument there. That's, that, that, that was an interesting twist. Making the argument. Also, I'm curious, the, in the comparison, is it the, the person who's, making, who's designing the menu or the person? You said Shane Steichen's the person eating the food. I would argue he's the person making the food. Sirianni's designing the menu. Steichen's making the food. If you have a nice dish at a restaurant. No, he's you know, ordering off the menu. No, he, so the, the chef, the chef creates the menu, the line cook makes the menu or, or, or makes the food. I think that's more the app comparison, but now but he's the one here. ordering. He's ordering off the menu. He's yeah. ordering the plays. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And then the players are the line cooks making the plays. Yeah, I think that's okay. right. Okay. I think that's right. the, in the metaphor. I think that works. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, that was a good argument. You did, you did great. You're. You could be a lawyer and yeah, it was fine. you can do so many different jobs. Well, you can continue to outdo yourself. Uh, you did a great job too, Zach. I, I fun job by both of you, yeah. but the jury, the jury is a little more, this is mm, a little tighter a little than hung the on this one. races, but it looks like Bo's going to take it. The defense wins goes, goes for an on the Eagles show. I think that's, yeah, well, they they uh, as expected. Yeah, they 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 dislike Gannon. I actually I, I heard, I heard Bo on Chris Long's podcast the other day. It was, it was actually Arthur. It was it was, it was Arthur Smith. Not Chris. <laughs> um, sorry. Good one, Zach. But he was talking. He was talking about sharing. You know that gets and, under my skin. <laughs> he was talking about sharing an office with Jonathan Gannon when they were in Tennessee. Mm, and, that, that's starting to make sense. That comes and together. He, he was saying how Gannon is like a true Renaissance man in that he, he only has three interests, <laughs> football, weightlifting and Italian fashion. <laughs> and it was like, and, and Chris Long was like, wait, what Italian fashion? He's like, yeah, you heard me right. Italian fashion. Golf. Yeah. He's a big golfer. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Um, I, I did just see on Twitter that, uh, Howie Roseman was walking into, um, the RV with, uh, Chris Long. So, mm. Oh, nice. So nice. I expect that podcast to drop soon. I look forward. He, Chris is a good podcaster. He, he is. He, he, he is a good job. I, uh, yeah. Um, that was a fun game. I think. I thought we were just gonna do. I thought we were just gonna do hype man and like uh, the hype man hater thing. I, I, your scripts were awesome. I mean, yeah, they weren't. They weren't. They weren't George Harrison. Yeah, that was an interesting way to go. The George Harrison one. Um, Are you anti chat GBT? I'm anti ChatGPT being expected to to like be used as a real thing, not just a not just a like a fun parlor game. Well, they can't replace the power rankings. We know that. I mean, mm -hmm. 
I think my honest expectations for the coaching staff are like, I, I, even if the, I do think that I have more faith that the defense will be, will have more answers than they did last season. Uh, their, their, their ratings might not be the same, but I, I, I do have more faith that um, they will be, they will be trying stuff. And I, I think you, I, I, I do feel that way, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, and I'm just I not worried at, about the offense. I think I don't think Eagles fans took took um, took for granted this, but they were so good last year, right? Yeah. They were they were so good, and it's hard to as you know. I saw Greg Bishop had a good piece last week um, where he spoke to Jeffrey Lord. He spoke to Howie Roseman. He, he was talking about why the Eagles are Super Bowl favorites this year. Um, but so much went right for them last year and yeah. look, they earned it, but even how he said they can't rely on the same type of injury luck and they were just an absolute juggernaut. Uh, when you look at those stats, like records across the board, it is so hard to maintain that level of pace. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to regress to like an eight, nine, one team, but Man, that, I probably should not have used that West Wing analogy, but it's a really <laughs> tough. It's a really. I feel tough like you could have picked like any other West Wing <laughs> reference. Like just, it's a. It really, really had tough, to zero in on slavery. It's a, it's a really tough cur- uh, curve to be graded on. That, yeah, so that's that's uh, that's what I meant. Last year they were just so ridiculously good. All right, I guess that's all we got. That was excellent. You guys both did very well. I like that game. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good game. Uh, what else is going on? What do you got going on this weekend, Zach? Reading, reading Eagle stories. <laughs> yeah, got got some work that I'm doing, and got um, I have some family time in there. It's my anniversary on Monday. Oh, happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! What are you yes, What are you the, doing? Does Does Emily know? Uh, Will this spoil it? We're going to dinner. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, seven years. Been great. Nice. Been, best seven years of my life um and uh and make then, sure uh, you get the card zach <laughs> that's no that's, stationary yeah. <laughs> i, I don't like know if we discussed this right i don't now. know if we discussed this on the pod i'm curious yeah, well, now it's on okay. the pod <laughs> now it's on the pod if you if 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 you're writing a card to someone what matters more the message that you write or the actual card that it's on I'm of the opinion, like when I get a card from somebody, okay, I actually, I read what's written and I'm always, when you just see like, like, you know, why can't porky no los dos? Why can't you get a nice card and write something nice? Agreed. That's, that would okay. be my answer. Fair enough. But she's read me, enough of your words over the course yeah, of her life. I write like, like she can tell you, I write like three paragraph notes on yeah. Valentine's nice. day, on anniversary, on birthdays, on mother's day. Right. I don't pay much attention to the card. It's to me, it's, it's, it's the message. It's the words, it's the syntax. But I also spend a lot of time picking out the card. Like when I go to Walgreens or CVS, I will spend 30 minutes in that aisle reading the cards and picking the perfect cards. So it's not like, it's just like random, you know, a random thing for me to put my message in. So I think both matter. Yeah. Even when I pick out the card, sometimes she'll like, She'll refer to the fact that I I get it from like the ninety nine cent oh. rack where it's just like <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just like the heart. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, why you? It's got a a dollar store stamp on the back of it. (laughs) No, it's 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 literally just say ninety nine. Like she could turn it around and see the ninety nine cent thing. But I'll I'll have a four. I mean, that's are overpriced. I will say yeah. that they're it's crazy. I I just spent like eight dollars on a card for something recently uh, that I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe this is eight dollars. But Mother's Day, I think it was for my mom. But it was a good yeah. card, so I was like, whatever. But How yeah. did Michael do on on the Mother's Day card? He did, did it, good. Well, yeah, he yeah. He, okay. But I I have you know a whole Father's Day thing planned out already, that's, and I hmm. texted him last night. Like not not for nothing, but I think I'm like crushing you so far in this whole Mother's uh, Day Father's Day thing. I know it's not like you know official yet, yeah. but yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got him some really really cute stuff. I won't say. I I mean, I doubt he's gonna listen, but um, yeah. So anyway, you better get a good card for Emily. Bottom I line. will. Yeah, yeah. So so our happy anniversary. Our, thank you. Our anniversary is Monday, and then uh, but yeah, that's 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 what I got going on. What about you? Uh, I'm, I'm celebrating your anniversary. <laughs> no, we're going to be, we're going to be just shadowing you at dinner. Just taking, <laughs> what do you got Memorial day? Yeah. Nothing, nothing interesting. Um, no, I, would, ball game. I would pay go. so much money if, if Bo just showed up at Zach and Emily's anniversary. Dinner. Uh, that'd be, that would be <laughs> interesting for sure. He knows where I'm going too. So that, yeah, don't do that. Um, I forgot where you're going, but yes, now I remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't do that. Um, you got you, you golfing, you you having a, mem- a Memorial Day barbecue, you what's the I I mean we don't we we don't have any plans. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm not golfing. My my uh my clubs are still in transit. Gotcha. How about you, Marissa? We're going down to Maryland. Yep. Um Michael's coming back from Cleveland and we're gonna have a little uh shower slash barbecue um for us or me with like, you know, um friends and his friends and family down in maryland since i had my shower nice. up here yeah so nice little but we'll be back on sunday hoping to avoid that uh, memorial day weekend traffic because it can't sit in the car too long mm. but uh yeah it should be a good weekend i hope every all the, the sickos have a good weekend too nice weather so um maybe people are listening to this podcast on their drive somewhere so and we've got the ospreys coming up yeah we got to get it off before marissa leaves in yes. the middle of June on maternity yes. leave. So uh, we're mapping it out. We're we gotta, thinking, we got to get to work. What week are we thinking? We're thinking either the the first full week of June or the second full week of June. Yeah. So mark your calendars. Hmm. Hopefully the baby doesn't surprise. Maybe the baby will like surprise us on Osprey's night or something. Wow. That would be the, the, <laughs> the greatest guest in Osprey's history. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have to. Do uh, it sorry, we can't go. Room. We can't go to the hospital just yet. The baby yeah. has to give a speech. Yeah. My contractions are only a few minutes apart. I have to finish this cameo. Little Devin. <laughs> little Devin Dunn has something to say. <laughs> yeah. I, what I, did you think of the names? I felt for Mike. I, I felt for for Mike when when Bo was like, actually, you eliminated Marissa's choice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's well, it's a, funny. So my cousin Kyle listens to this. So if he's listening, he's the best and listens to all these podcasts. He's not an Eagles fan, but he like oh, that's funny. likes to, you know, listen to my work and stuff like that. Um, and his sister is the one named Aaron. So he texted her and I get a call from my cousin Aaron. Like, I heard you were talking about my name on the podcast. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's in contention. Went far with Michael, so we'll see. We still are undecided. Are we undecided. zero? Are we? How, how close are we? The list has not changed. It's so bad. I mean, I I really like. I don't know. I don't know how you guys make these decisions, but 
I've, eventually we're gonna have to i told the doctor this morning. you leave it up to the mom that's the key yeah <laughs> the doctor said this morning some babies go home as tbd i'm like no yeah. we will be making that decision in the hospital but still don't know so we I, I, we settled it on it we settled on it on the ride to the ride we to were the between two and i said to emily i said which one are we going with and she yeah. said she doesn't know and i'm like i'm like which one are you leaning toward she said this one and i said that's what it is right like, answers um but uh now that we're an hour and 20 minutes in the show i do have a few few birds of friends housekeeping things that that i feel is important to clarify here but i i, I don't i don't want to shortchange the name discussion okay no, is there more? okay uh and bo was company to this yesterday i've we've heard now from multiple multiple writers who work in the media house okay who not just have my back but have the same strategy that I do when it comes to the bathroom here. Bo decided to use our draft day, our high volume draft day podcast to put me in a corner on Novacare complex bathroom things where everyone who listens said they do not, they do not touch that seat if it is up. Okay. That, when you that don't have to up, judge your own yourself on other people's actions. You need to you need to do what's right, regardless of what other people are doing. No, I felt comfortable in in my choice, but I think it was affirmed by what what people were saying here that yeah, when it's in there and it's up, you leave it up. A matter of fact, I would argue that you're probably inconveniencing more people by putting it down, because now the next person who comes in and. And th this is a problem with the Eagles Media Corps. We, we 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 do need more female representation, but the majority of the people working in there are men who are going to be lifting that seat up. Um, but yeah, most people just leave it as it is, which is what I said. I uh, like to hold myself to a higher standard. I'm sorry. Okay. I apologize okay. for thinking of other people. And then the second thing is, I was at I, I was at a a really nice uh, charity event the other night on Saturday night, and. Um, I had a few people come up to me who are listeners of the show and I did what I always do. And I asked them, uh, for feedback and actually every one of them agreed with me on the length. <laughs> they all said, they all said, uh, yeah. Which uh, you bring up 80 minutes into the episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. They say some of those pods can be shorter. Um, so just want to bring that up. Someone says, what's the event? The event was Philly fights cancer. That was the hmm. event. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's too bad but, that, the, that the people fighting cancer have such bad opinions. We we need to, um, we are going to donate all of the cameo money um, at the Ospreys. Yes. So we need to sort out how we're going to do that. Yeah. So thanks to everybody that has um, paid for one of those. And it is all going to go to some good causes in Philly. So excited for that. And I want to thank uh, everyone who has tagged me on social media uh, or sent me DMs about the recent... Um, like uh news that has come out about uh which countries and like the uh the amount of men who prefer to sit to pee uh the, <laughs> the brand is very strong um i'm i'm glad to hear that i i'm not it's it's a it's a situation-based thing if you got to go pee in the middle of the night take a seat take a load off who, who needs to stand for that don't turn the light on you know so it's good I'm glad. I'm glad that not everybody is so protective of their machismo as as Zach is. Yeah, no, I I stand by that one. I've never really. I, yeah, well said. Yeah, I am on team stand to pee 
Uh, all at all times. Yes. That's a drop. <laughs> it's not even protecting the cheese bow. It's first off, it's so much more efficient. Okay. And not necessarily. You might be creating some 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 spray. That's a you problem right there, Bo. <laughs> you're a hundred. You're you're a hundred percent confident that if you're peeing in the in the dark in the middle of the night, that that no splatter is getting anywhere. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, first off, I'm not. I, you know, I'm not. It's 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 not like pitch black. You know, and I I put on a light often. Yeah. It's not good I, for I your sleep habits. You gotta, you gotta, your eyes are going to have to readjust. Yeah, what sleep habits? I'm all over the place this week, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. The the international travel really screwed me up. I was the the first night I was there was the Sixers game. And so I stayed well, up. Well, the good news is you didn't have to stay up for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did because I wanted to watch the post-game press conferences. Um, <laughs> so, but I was. That is deranged. That is deranged. What time was that game? That is deranged. So that game started at ten o'clock there, or ten thirty there. Okay. And I I watched it on League Pass. It was like one thirty, two o'clock. I wanted to. That is. That is awful. You blame Bo for like the staying up late stuff. Yeah. That is like no reason to stay. I mean, I want to see what that. I I had a full itinerary the next day. I I wasn't gonna have. Time to watch, All like more oh, but you were gonna yeah. have time to 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 troll Twitter and make sure you saw the latest P- PFWA announcement. Uh, no, so that one actually, I I got a message the day before. They asked me for, um, for a, like to sign off. They asked me for a quote, and so I I thought I, I thought I had an obligation on on that one. And then I, I and, and and then I shared your story, which you can check out. By the way, I, I haven't been on – look, we're an hour 27. I, I should wrap this up. I'm sorry. But I haven't yeah, been I on since this, this came point. out. Yeah. Uh, I had a For story. Transparent. I, I had a story two Fridays ago uh, on Jason Kelsey at Broadcast Boot Camp. Please yes, check that out on The Athletic. So, Please read that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Marissa's got to go. Yep. Uh, in more ways than one. So let's uh, let's wrap this up. We'll talk to you at some point uh, next week, hopefully, for Zach and Marissa and Michael and uh, President Bartlett. We thank you for listening. I wish. We will talk to you later. And as always, we love you.